I tried to plan last week for a 45-minute episode, and it ended up being over an hour. Yeah, no, that totally didn't go according to plan. My God. That's what we get for inviting Matt Dykes on an episode. <laughs> Ugh, the king of not going according to plan, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and now we get to find out if Matt Dykes is listening to our episodes. Uh, right. Oop, and then Chewie started a video. This is a perfect, not the fucking plan <laughs> opening. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine Whatever. with it. I'm, no, I'm actually totally Are fine with it. Are you even recording? Oh, yeah. We've been oh, recording yes. for 34 seconds. Mm. Hi, and welcome to Behind the Hype. With me, your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewie Darso. Hi. And Jonathan Hardesty. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> These might be my favorite intros since we started this whole revamp, because they're just, oh, look, more oh, phone look noises. shaming me. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Oh, boy. Where was I? Something, something, cell phone, something, something. Welcome to After the Hype, or Behind the Hype. We're not even scene. After the Hype anymore. My God. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it. All, all six, no, all two cylinders. Yep. We are... <laughs> We're doing great. <laughs> Do we want to start over? No, not at all. Because no, this I've... wasn't the fucking plan. So uh, we should just get started. This talking is about. where we are in December. Yeah. Oh my God. Things have—they've just gone off the rails. The rails are so far out of sight that we don't even know what they were anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just a train tumbling down a hill. <laughs> yeah. Or a man yep. trying to kill a windmill. Yeah. Or a man trying to kill a windmill. Or a man trying to make a film from 1989 all the way to 2017 and getting. So something out of it yeah you got something out of it it's a mishmash that's a excellent very positive review probably far more positive than mine would be today we're talking the man who killed don quixote Mm -hmm. a film that started being made in 1989 uh failed and then tried again then failed then uh got washed away got completely flooded and washed away at one point got did lost. start doing really good in the year 2000, and then that fell apart, too. Lost funding, lost actors. Actors died, <laughs> horses died. Uh, IMDb Trivia has listed it as said to be the most cursed film in cinema history. But it's out. They did it. It is an exercise in being Patience. stubborn. I mean, what? <laughs> yep. Patience uh, you both stubborn. are right. You both are right. <laughs> equally. I shall make this Movie. Oh my god. And that is that is both the director behind the scenes, Terry Gilliam behind the scenes, going, I will fucking make this goddamn fucking movie. <laughs> and Adam Driver's character, Toby, being, I will make this fucking commercial. And uh, although not really Toby ever... Toby really didn't seem to care about the commercial. Toby didn't seem to care much about anything other than reconnecting with some actor he hired when he was young. Hmm. Um, uh. I, I feel like, I know we've been kind of skipping over the, the short summaries this month, but this one might benefit a little bit from one. Um, I could try to do it really quick. Unless uh, this was your film, unless you I can wanted. do it. Try okay. to do a yeah. little thing. All right. So this movie, it opens oh with Don Quixote <laughs> in a commercial for I don't know what. They, they never ever... explain what they're advertising. No, this, they, they need don't. this account. I need they, this account. They need an account, but it's, it has nothing to do with the current commercial. I don't think. But even but they don't so, really ever get into it. But even so, Toby, played by Adam Driver, is apparently. The genius director, who they tell us multiple times, is a genius. But mostly we just see him try to sleep with his boss's wife and treat everyone like trash. Or a 15-year-old girl. Well, we don't really see him try to sleep with her. He does a lot of flirting. Yeah. That comes later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he 
gets reminiscent about a movie he made in college, I guess, a short film, a passion project, if you would say. Uh, and he goes back to the town and finds out that the person who played Don Quixote in that thing still thinks he's Don Quixote and he's being held prisoner by other people who, I guess, are exploiting him for being Don Quixote. I, I couldn't tell if they're exploiting him or, or trying pandering to, to him. pandering him or like maybe trying to take care of him in I a weird know. way. Uh, it's really confusing. But then with he that. burns his house down uh, <laughs> and runs away. Yep. And then he goes back to the commercial and they're all and then the cops come. And then he gets picked up by the cops, and Don Quixote destroys his cops and takes him, thinks he's Sancho, Sancho. Uh, and then they go on a quest to end up trying to save the girl who played the ideal woman in his passion project. And the 15-year-old girl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who's Angelina, now obviously not 15 Angelina, anymore. I keep forgetting which one her name was. It's not Angelique, it's not Angelina, it's Angela. I don't know. Angelica? And- there's so many different versions of that name. Let's go with. I forgot. This is bad. Frank. This is bad podcasting. <laughs> um, Dulcinea. Either way, so then they go to a massive costume event for a Russian dude who is not the guy who usually plays mean Russian dude. It's some other guy that I don't recognize, but clearly is trying to be. I have seen him in one other film where he played yeah. Mean Russian Dude. So. Yeah, so that's just his thing. Yeah, so he's Mean uh, Russian Dude when the other Mean Russian Dude can't play. And during his mental breakdown, I mean Toby's mental breakdown, he actually kills Don Quixote, the guy who believes he's Don Quixote. Oopsie daisy. And then later on becomes Don Quixote himself. Yeah. Yeah. And the 15-year-old girl who's now no longer 15 San- becomes Sancho. Sancho. Yeah. And right. he said, we're about to begin a very strange relationship. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember Don Quixote fucking Sancho, but he's going to fuck the shit out of Sancho Probably. now. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I mean, why not? Just Sancho, I don't remember your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sancho, okay. you're very hot. Um, so at one point in this film, and remember this, because when it gets to quotes, this is going to come back around for me. There is a moment where Adam Driver is in the middle of the costume party, and the producer of the film, who or the producer of the commercial, is played by Stellan Skarsgård, um, is trying to catch him up and like, where have you been? This is everything that's been going on while you've been gone. And he says the line, come on, keep up with the plot. No, Don Quixote says that. No, no, Skarsgård yeah. is like, keep it's up Skarsgård. with the plot. He's like, I don't even know the plot. What's, what's, what's no, the plot? No, Don Quixote says that on his horse at one point. Oh, the part I'm talking about is in the costume party when Stellan Skarsgård says it to him. So and they say it twice in the movie? I don't remember the first time at all. Maybe. Um, I remember the part in the party because that's when Adam Driver goes, there's a plot. And I'm like, this is the most meta moment in the whole movie. I thought maybe I'm remembering it wrong because I swear Don Quixote also said that. I mean, you could be right. I I think we all kind of spaced at different points in this movie because it, it really... yeah. I want to. It had it had to try a lot harder to hold my attention because it just fails left and right. Like when when Chewie and I were on our way to pick up our son today, I, I was a little worried and I was talking to her and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this movie. Like, th- there's just so much, so much in it, and none of it amounts to anything. So I don't really know what I can say. I guess if I had to break down my review, it'd be very like, all right, let me talk about what I liked. Jonathan Price was amazing in it. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the costume design is very good. 
Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Price yeah. wore the costume from the 2000s film. <laughs> they didn't get a new one. They did, did he? Yeah, it's the same costume. <laughs> Good yeah. thing that him and John Hurt were the same size, I guess. Well, that was uh, Jean Rochefort or Rochefort. Rochefort. In the 90s? I thought John Hurt was in the 90s. Oh, maybe you're right. But either way, he wore... They might have been both in the 90s. They could have been. All I know for sure is that uh, Jonathan Price wore Jean... I cannot do his last name even close to properly in French. Uh, Rochefort? Rochefort? I'm sorry. I'm terrible at French. Just Ro- we- Rochefort. Yep, that's not it. But uh, it's doing better than I am. Um, I- Je suis désolé, mon français est terrible. Um... I learned that before going to France. It was important. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like th- there were some cool things in it with that. But otherwise, it just kind of felt like somebody tried really hard with this. And that's it. Like it- it's-, it's almost... I, I don't want to say I felt pity for a movie, because that feels weird. But that's kind of the best way to describe it. The whole, way I'm- whole time I'm watching it, I'm like... I don't think this is very good, but you're all trying so hard. What did you think, John? Yeah. I I had a really hard time keeping focus. Like, and I feel bad because normally I can focus on movies. Just I'm pretty decent with that. But with this one, at every turn, I just was so distracted. The acting was great, but that covers like what the first like, maybe ten seconds of any scene. Like, oh, he's gonna act really well, and then there's not enough like. There wasn't weird enough stuff happening at certain times, or like like the weirdest thing was like the wine bags or the blood bags getting faces, and I was like, oh, I'm okay, cool. You're kind of doing like that, uh, you know, Brothers Grimm thing where you're getting you're going with the weird. Okay, this movie's gonna be weird. Oh no, no, we're just boring again. Okay, we're back. That's to... supposed to be wine. Wine or blood? I don't know. I, I, I don't... again, I wasn't paying attention because no it was just like because <laughs> in the vision it was blood at first, or like the the weird like time hoppy thing like when they were in his psyche like which also doesn't nothing whenever sometimes we go into his psyche just to find out that no no we're not in his psyche we're at a costume party yeah and he's supposed to be going crazy throughout the whole movie i guess yeah i kind of got that but like you kind of get it here and there and then other times like oh wait no he's not going crazy this is what's actually happening and it felt like it was one of those things of like oh, wow, we really don't have a movie here. Maybe if we leave it ambiguous, people will call it smart. Mm. Right. And at a certain point, I was had hoped, because the idea, my thought was that once it starts getting into his psyche and he's starting to go mad and it goes deeper into that madness, that it would just keep spiraling and get weirder and weirder and weirder. But every time it kept coming back, it just kept coming back to something that was less and less interesting. Like, every time he got real vision again, I was like, this? Like, this is, you're, you're in a castle, why is this castle boring? <laughs> he's going to paint it purple. Oh, yeah, he did say he's going to get it more exciting. Than... Yeah, he is going to. It'll get more exciting when the movie's over. <laughs> uh... Yeah, and then there would be like these Gilliam things, like the the camera tilting, going, "Whoa, look how cool and dizzy we are!" Like there were Gilliam elements in this, but it was like, I mean, it's, anyone could have copied that. Yeah, I got, very subdued Gilliam. I got such a vibe from this movie where Terry Gilliam watched I keep forgetting the George Clooney movie the name Oh Brother Where Art Thou Oh Brother Where Art Thou and went I want to I'll do something like that because I have all these different versions of the script yep. I have the first version which is just 
an adaptation of Don Quixote. I have another version, which has something to do with a movie production and then time travel. And then I had something else, something else. All right, so we're going to make a movie where it is Don Quixote. Uh, instead of time travel, we have a costume party. But we're going to have all these eccentricity things that happen that feel like they're probably supposed to be reminiscing of the book, the original book of yeah. Don Quixote, which is the feeling I got. But I haven't read the book Don Quixote, so I don't really know for sure. Because, you know, Oh Brother, We're Out, that was supposed to be a adaptation of the Odyssey, right? I believe yeah. it. Or the... I always want to say the Iliad, but I think I'm always wrong. So I'm pretty yes, sure it's the Odyssey because uh, the, yeah. the easiest connection point is the uh, Cyclops, John yes. Goodman's character. Yep. yep, thank you. I thought it was the cow on the house or something. But I mean, there's it's littered it's throughout the whole lot. movie. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. like it's done really well in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And it felt very muddled in this movie. Well, you're also comparing one of the best films of a director's career to definitely not one of the best films of a director's well, career. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I just say. I think that's what he was trying for, but I, I don't know for sure because he definitely he was trying so many different things with this movie for so many years. And how exactly after almost thirty years do you actually make at that point? It's hmm, how do you actually make a thing that you are proud of? And almost you'd have to say because you've been stopped so many times. It's either. You're going to get something underwhelming, or you're going to get the greatest thing you've ever created. Yeah. And he ended up with underwhelming, I'd say. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. Because my, my only other comparison to somebody who tried to make a movie for this long, off the top of my head, I'm sure there's thousands of them out there. I'm sure some of our favorite movies could have been this exact situation that just worked out correctly. But the one I always remember is uh, Gangs of New York. I'm obviously, I'm not sure how much I've mentioned the, the show before, but I'm a very, very big Scorsese fan slash apologist. Like, I can sit for hours and tell you why The Irishman was actually a good movie. Um, I made fun of it recently at work. I mean, everyone makes fun of it. Anybody who watches it makes fun of it. Like, they make fun of the fact that they had to come up with some bullshit line. Like, I, I get it. People make fun of it. I think it's a great movie. <laughs> um, so much so that I'm going to leave that in. Uh, that's how much I like it. Mm -hmm. But with Gangs in New York, he, I think it was after goodfellas i want to say or one of his really big ones he did an interview right afterwards so what are you doing next we loved this one he's like oh my next one's gonna be great it's called gangs in new york it's like an interview from the 70s and then he finally made it in like 2004 or 5 something like that it's like he tried to get that thing made for years and it didn't work and he waited till he can make the film he wanted to make and what Terry Gilliam did was he tried to make the film he wanted to make. It didn't work. He tried to make the film he wanted to make. Again, it didn't work. And he tried to make it, and it didn't work. And then he got to 2017 and fucking pulled, I forget the belligerent asshole from Fox News, and said, fuck it, we'll do it live, and just did everything. He's like, we'll just do all the movies I tried to make. And it's like, well, that's not a good plan either, Terry. Oh, well, well yeah, are. and like he, he even in the example of Gilliam himself, he managed to salvage something. He already did, like, he already was able to do that and kind of get a feel for it with uh, Parnassus. Like, yeah. he, he dealt with that, and he did a fairly good job, I would say, and just, like, kind of pivoted to a very interesting idea for the movie. And it's like, well, then he just took that to this, that which has even less of a foundation to work with. And it's just like, well, at some point, he knows what what can work and what can't, right? So at what point do you have to really have the hard talk with yourself? I mean, I, I think about that a lot with a lot of things. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Like, where, where does that conversation come in? Because so much in this movie is stacked against the movie, and it's all on screen, too. Yeah, I, I wonder if he got to a point where he'd rather have 
the film made and not be the one he wanted than to have never made the film. Like he, he couldn't handle finishing his career without the Don Quixote film finished. It's better to have loved than never not loved at all. Yeah, better to love than lost and never loved <laughs> yeah. at all. So better to have made yeah. a Don Quixote film and failed than never make a Don Quixote film yeah. at all. Like I, I get it. I totally understand that mindset. It's just kind of a bummer. Yeah. Because when you watch this thing, and you know, say what you know about Terry Gilliam, we won't get into it too much, but he is fucking Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam's uh, having problems right now. <laughs> Ter- Terry- and we're really hoping that a man who has been very progressive in the past yeah. will become progressive again. Yeah, that'd be nice. But like, you can tell, like, just from you follow him at all, he's kind of an angry dude. He's a little grumpy in his older age. Like, I, 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 I can see it. And then you get this movie that you know he made. Or he tried to make when he wasn't that grumpy guy. When he was this, you know, almost, I, dare I say comedian? Like, he made some of the funniest movies ever. Like, like this guy had an, a knack for doing something that was against the grain and felt weird and wrong, but also, like, it was made for you. Like, he had this this undeniable voice that was just like, like, watch Brazil. It's like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? But I can't look away Mm -hmm. it's just weird on top of weird on top of weird but with this wonderful narrative that just threads the whole way through it's like a masterwork and it's unbelievable and he did that many many times and i'm not expecting somebody to be able to continue that throughout their entire career but when i watch this movie specifically i'm like he was trying to do it again because i watched parnassus and i don't think he was trying to do that i think he was trying to make a very specific film with parnassus and yeah, it just didn't and, work and out. It was, was, and I haven't read Don Quixote either, but it's it's material that is absorbed through pop culture just in general. And like, there's opportunity there. Like, yeah. you would you see a title like The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, and it's like, oh, well, that's probably a Gilliam film, right? <laughs> well, yes, obviously the pieces, the the word cloud up there, his name is in it in big letters, right? Yeah, it's like it's obvious. It's like it's like a one-two. Like, yeah, of course you're gonna have Terry Gilliam do it, but like. It just, just didn't particularly feel like a Terry Gilliam movie most of the no, time. Never. No, which could have worked out to its favor, but instead, because it just had those slights hint of Gilliam, it's like, just be a Terry, just be Terry Gilliam, just, just be you, man. Yeah, but I'm not sure if that there, guy's there even moments. there anymore. Well, because the, the, there are moments in this movie that I thought worked really well, where we started to lose the thread of the previous world or realm we were in, like where it started to kind of lose connection with reality. And as it was losing that, I was like, just sever the cord, sever that cord and fall, just fall down the hole, you know, Alice down (laughs) to the looking glass. Get down your rabbit hole. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Just go deep, go weird. And I I feel like, yeah, it's just the, the, the history of it is what caused the problem. Just the, the long, like, we even saw this in the video game world with like Final Fantasy uh, 15, like Ugh. 10 years to get it made. And then what happened was, woof. Yeah. A lot of, lot of ideas that could have been good, but instead weren't. Right. And all those ideas were still <laughs> in there. Like, Yeah. And that's true of this movie, too. All the ideas that could have worked to make a great film, I think we're all here. I mean, I think Adam Driver did a really good job with what he had. But what he had was, <laughs> you're a grumpy dick. You're an unlikable, grumpy dick. Will will I grow throughout this film? Nah. He also suffers from white knighting, which is very much a Don Quixote problem. Yeah. 
Because yeah. Don Quixote sees himself as, you know, this honorable guy who's off on quests to save young women and everyone falls in love with them and he just can't control it. Yeah, that's just being Don Quixote. Yeah, that's just, that's such a white knight complex. Yeah. And Toby fits right into that with his ideas of saving, what's her name? Because uh, he has no motivations other than that. His motivations are, I am apparently over my career as a director uh i want to go reminisce about my younger days then i get into trouble with the law so i'm running away from the law and i'm going to save this one woman but none of that feels particularly noble at any moment angelica 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 i can talk (laughs) uh her name's angelica (laughs) and he needs to save angelica because he put her in this position, which is and isn't true. I mean, yes, he got her into the idea of wanting to be a beautiful movie star. He did not make her a whore. No. No. Yeah, th- that was a, that was an interesting fault. leap that the movie made. And I was like, I think we missed 200 steps there. Yeah. But, I, I mean, a lot of people blamed him. But, I mean. She makes that choice. To defend the movie a little bit, I don't, I don't really find a lot of fault there. Because he's the one who did something different. They were just their normal town, and he came in and like, you're not just a normal town. You're the set of a movie. Look at how cool you are. And then from there on, everything's a little bit different now. Yeah. So they made the decisions. It's still their fault, but, I mean, people scapegoat. That's what they do. So it makes sense yeah. that they would blame him. Even though they're wrong to do so, I get that they would blame him. Like, in a realistic world, I could still see that happening. Yeah. I don't know why I feel the need to defend the movie here, but I'm like, eh, I can see that one working. I got one. Yeah, it just to me it was just weird that they went straight to the the prostitution angle. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. The, yeah. They, they went so far that way. I was like, well, that's. I mean, the roll a dice. You roll a dice and got that, or like, let's roll a dice and tropes. Oh, we got the prostitute one again. Okay, and cool. And it's like, well, it like, so what's worse than empty. disappointment? Yeah. Like, and go that way. Everyone is disappointed in this movie. Like the all these characters are disappointed. You already have enough. Like she didn't make it, and she's just mundane. Like and, I mean, in a movie that's supposed to be weird, to. mundane is evil, right? Maybe if I knew the material better, like if I knew the book Don Quixote, it might make sense that she was a prostitute, because I honestly don't know. But from watching the film, I'm like, there's no reason that she had to be a prostitute. She's an attractive girl, and royalty went, mine. And I go, okay, yeah, I, I buy that. Her dad was like, yep, nope, you're going with the king now. Her dad's yeah. really unhappy about it, though. I, and what I'm saying is, like, there's a way to make this film where she didn't have to become a prostitute. Hmm. Like, I could have made the leap that she ended up with a prince or king or whatever he was a russian yeah um it didn't have to immediately leap to a guy told me i was pretty and pointed a camera at me and i became a hooker yeah <laughs> wait what what <laughs> yeah no that, that seems like the, the the sort of thing a guy might do right like the obvious choice for a guy writer yeah that, of that a certain very... age like it just honestly at this point it makes me wonder if Terry Gilliam really likes himself very much anymore. Well, I mean, it, when you lose your when you lose your way as an artist, it reflects in your art. Absolutely, yeah. And this movie has been his giant struggle, so he just farted it out, and it's just not it seems like he himself has put himself into these characters. Where you have just the angry genius artist 
Yeah. Which people have called him. Oh, yeah. They've called him angry. They've called him a genius. He's gotten all of that. I think I've said both of those in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you have. And he's very much over Hollywood and mad at Hollywood and mad at the system, which comes out in Toby as well. Oh, yeah. And how he just wants to make his art or save the woman or whatnot, but he can't do that because he's going nuts and like i don't know yeah maybe I mean, i'm reflecting too a, much a, but i'm just getting the feeling thera- that terry gilliam is doesn't like himself very much right now i, I could yeah based on what this based on what we saw in the movie i 100 percent see where you're coming from <laughs> oh yeah i, I agree 100 percent. and and it's interesting watching that with that in mind because it's uh, yeah it, it makes it tough to interface with as, as yeah because it's almost too real but like it's almost him like the movie is all him in a way but then we're saying like it's not him so it's created this weird conversational problem between us and the movie where are we just taking down the notes as he's ranting and raving at us like i i almost feel like this movie could have been better made if they just kept whatever script they ended up using for it just keep the script change the character from toby to terry and hire a different director yeah (laughs) (laughs) like terry gilliams is too close like just make it about terry gilliam trying to make this movie and i think it would have been better off make it really meta (laughs) yeah i mean it already is meta at one point like i as i called out they fully acknowledge that there's barely even a plot yeah and i feel like don quixote in this movie represents all the joy and love that terry used to have for filmmaking yeah because, I mean, Don Quixote is a fun character. He's very he's positive. Very positive. He's ridiculous in pretty much every scene. Yeah. Um, and he's up for any challenge. Everything. Yeah. Like, he, his fucking Sancho is arrested. He just takes on the cop car. <laughs> just <Yeah>. starts whacking <laughs> it with a spear. Yeah. Like, like oh, man. I, I, Sancho is just pissy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sancho's just a grumpy dick. Yeah, that's not way to, he's not—he's never gung ho for anything. No, but like, I, I almost wish Terry Gilliam could have made the movie he originally wanted to make of just fucking Don Quixote. Just make the Don Quixote movie and just have it star Jonathan Price. It would have been great because yeah. Jonathan Price was so good in this. He really was. Yeah. But, no. Every time he was off screen, I had to ask the movie why. Yeah, it's like you know why we're here, right? It's not for Adam Driver. And, you know, just a brief aside, are we going to bring up the fact that we did four movies for This Wasn't the Fucking Plan and two of them starred Adam Driver? <laughs> that wasn't the fucking plan? <laughs> and how this is just another movie about a tortured male psyche? Man. Uh, and yeah. how it's universal. Talk about next week's movie, too. Oh, shit. I was going to say, we're kind of three for three this month on tortured male psyches. Uh. Yeah. I hope the writer really that picked one them. Wait, 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 wait. What's, what's next month again? Or what's next week again? Uh, uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> a tortured male psyche. It yeah. truly is universal. It is universal. We can get Don Quixote. We can get a llama. We can get Star Wars. <laughs> I think we need to go back to that episode. We need to revisit and stop being so mean to that review because clearly they were right. <laughs> <laughs> Never, I will never apologize for being mean to Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant to the review that said the torture of psyche was a, a universal story. Yeah. We should oh, always yeah. be mean to Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, Fuck yeah. Rise of Skywalker. 
I'm trying to think of what else we can say. Like, we've been talking for just, just about half an hour, and this was kind of my fear. I, I didn't really have a ton to say about it. Because I don't think there's much of a story, which they're very self-aware of. Um, the acting is great, but I don't think there's a lot to chew on, because there isn't a lot of nuance to it. It's just Adam Driver's the grumpy dick director, Jonathan Price's zany Don Quixote. That's about it. Stellan Skarsgård plays an asshole, but that's kind of what Stellan Skarsgård does. He either plays a drunk or an asshole, or a drunken asshole. Sometimes he plays nice guys, like in Thor. Drunk. He's not drunk yeah. the whole time. <laughs> no, but he, he does get drunk a lot. He's not an asshole. It's He's not an asshole. I said a drunk or an asshole yeah. or a drunken yeah. asshole. Yeah, yeah. Covers all of it. <laughs> but yeah, no. Sometimes just, his I, mind gets taken over by Loki. So. Well, then he's an yeah. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think to your point, though, what makes that what makes the fact that we're coming up short is that the movie is two hours and twelve minutes long. I think it was when I looked at the runtime. Yeah. Uh, on the streaming service, and it was like two hours, two hours of this. Like this was. It's two hours of Toby going. I don't wanna. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to do it. I'm, I'm Adam Driver. I don't, don't want to do it. It's of Adam Driver's very distinct. I don't want to. Like he does it very well. Like he. But yeah. though I love the moment when Don Quixote's about to joust Angelica's dad, and Adam Driver's like, "Well, what about me?" <laughs> and Don Quixote just turns around and goes. Me? Just, me, 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 me. He starts whacking with the spe- every time he whacks somebody with a spear. I'm laughing. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, th- those scenes were great, and I really sat up during those scenes yeah. and leaned forward and any and other he- type of movie watching verb you could think of. But then you have yeah, was- he never gets past that feeling though, because even when he's trying to help Angelica, it never felt like he's really doing it no. for her. He's doing it for his own guilt. There was one scene, and I think it's probably the best scene in the whole movie, where I think he does it for Don, not for himself, and it fails. And that's when everyone is just playing along because they had the local crazy man who believes he's Don Quixote at the costume party, and they're gonna put him up on this fake horse and get him to put on a big show for everybody. And Adam Driver's like, "Don't, just please don't." And it's like that one moment of like, he's not doing this for him. He's doing this for himself. He's doing this for Don. He doesn't want him to feel embarrassed. Yeah. And it fails. And he does feel embarrassed. And it's like the one of the few times that he knows who he is. And it's like just that moment when he gets down, he's like, next time you tell me not to do something, please make sure that I don't do it. Mm. And it's like this really sad, like, wow, where was all of this power throughout all of this movie? Because if all of the movie had been as good as that one scene, it would have been my favorite movie of the year came out. Yeah, it would have been amazing, because yeah. that's where you could see like, oh wow, no, Adam Driver is one of the best actors working today, and Jonathan Price is one of the best actors of all time, and seeing them together is like, holy shit, are they good? And that yeah, yeah. and then then they repeat that scene later. Yeah, it's a blip and it's gone because yeah. most of the movie. Because after that, you go on down the Titanic route of running around and trying to yeah. get through the thing, and everyone's getting in your way. Yeah, and then like John said, they try to repeat it at the end after he, uh, if he kind of kills Don. Yeah, I guess he does kill. Well, Don. and, and totally al- but, yeah, <laughs> also like when he's running down the hallway with the horse, uh, for some reason, and he stops, and Jonathan Price is at the door frame just washing it, and he's like lost his spirit, and they try to go back to that moment and extend that conversation, but flip it. Yeah, and it doesn't work at all. It doesn't work. It just nope. negative works. It mm-hmm. it's the opposite of working. <laughs> yeah, they had it. They had it for a moment. It was in their hands, and then they lost it. 
Because doesn't he insult Don again? Like you're yeah. you're pathetic. You're pathetic. He's like, you're yeah, pathetic. Goes, and it's like that's not yeah, that's not how you felt when you tried to gone. help him. Yeah. All he had to say was, "You're Don Quixote." Instead, he goes with "You're pathetic." Yeah. And it's like, <sighs> it's almost like God damn it, movie. It's almost like Terry Gilliam, grumpy new Terry Gilliam, is saying that to old Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Because he failed. Yeah. Could be. See, see, now I'm thinking that they should have done um, a Malkovich thing with it, where it was just Terry Gilliam in all the roles. <laughs> no. I'm going back to my Gilliam, Gilliam, plan. Gilliam. Keep the movie as is. Change the main character to Terry. Get a different director. <laughs> yeah, this movie works. Seriously, with a grumpy, I'm over it. No one appreciates my vision. Terry Gilliam would say that to old Terry Gilliam right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's just so sad to be seeing this in this movie after I genuinely have always enjoyed Terry Gilliam. It isn't the last couple years where it's just like, Terry, no. <laughs> what what are you doing? <laughs> no, because you go back to like, like just, fuck, what was the, you showed it to me. I hadn't even seen it before you. Um with Robin uh, Williams and Sarah Paulson and uh, yeah, yeah, um, we're good. The Adventures that. of Baron Moonshine. There it is. Oh yeah, great movie. Very Terry Gilliam movie, <laughs> and another movie where he had to fight to make it. Yeah, he won that fight though. He won that fight, but that fight also lost him a lot. That's true. Because it didn't do very well. It didn't make very much money. Yeah, I think that was one of the beginnings of his like frustrations with Hollywood. Yeah, and. And I think, just based on what we're saying, like I'm starting to look at this movie kind of in a completely different light. Just that this is a movie where he's not only in, at war with Hollywood and his, but he's at war with himself, and yeah. just his like frustration. And there's a lot of this that's wrapped up in this movie. That it's it's a war movie, <laughs> almost. You know? Yeah, and it's just kind of like looking at it from this light of like, oh no, this is just Terry Gilliam, just makes the movie depressing. Like maybe maybe everyone else got this. Maybe that's why I got the 15 minute standing ovation at Cannes. And I'm like, because if I'd been at Cannes and everyone stood up and started clapping for 15 minutes, I'd be like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. You fuckers will be done by then, right? Like, what? Why are we clapping for this? <laughs> <laughs> this is the bathroom break, right? Yeah, <laughs> Will you guys sit down and stop clapping? That thing was a mess. <laughs> no, but, I'm just looking at his list of movies right now, and I yeah, love I just, most of them. Yeah, I pulled up his list, and it's just, I can go from like. Holy Grail, Jabberwocky, Time Bandits, Brazil, Baron Mushausen, Fisher King, Twelve Monkeys, Fear and Loathing. Tideland was weird. Tideland was weird. I wasn't a big fan of Brothers Grimm. Brothers Grimm, he made that for money. Clearly. Uh, Parnassus yeah, I that was, was interesting. Good, but Parnassus was, I think, the last time that I actually felt like Terry Gilliam was making a Terry Gilliam movie. We never saw Zero Theorem. Everyone told me not to. I'm like, I wanted to see it, but everyone told me not to. Like, if you're a Terry Gilliam fan, don't see it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I won't. Kind of bummed out about it. I kind of feel like we should watch it to see. Yeah. Give it a shot. I mean, I love Christoph Waltz. I mean, why not? But, like, there's little things in this movie that I think are kind of cool. Like, they, they, this is the first film he ever shot digitally. That thing is probably kind of how they got it made was cut budget on film. Um, But to try to still make it look like Terry Gilliam, because he likes film, he went and got the lenses they shot Apocalypse Now with. So he fixed yeah. those lenses on his digital camera, and it gave it this weird sort of look, especially when they had to use the more fisheye fish anamorphic lens. I'm like, what is going on here? This looks really strange. 
What oh, a, yeah, it had a great effect, too, when he uh, when Adam Driver's in the uh, church yeah. and the camera goes up in fish eyes and you hear the, the laughter, the childlike laughter and the footsteps. I was like, I got goose flesh during that scene yeah, just there, because the combination of lens and tilt. It was like the really like cool perfect just filmmaking on display. Like, I, I love seeing that sort of stuff. But again, few and far between. Yeah. But like even like the fisheye lens would still kind of pull me out because it was such a fisheye. And I get it. They're they're using practical locations, very, very small locations. And that fisheye lets them get the whole room as opposed to just a very little bit. But it still looked like a fisheye. Yeah. Whenever, honestly, no doubt ruined fisheye for me. <laughs> Watching that one music video. The Great music video. Spiderwebs. Was it? I, I couldn't tell you the name of any of it. But songs. when she's singing into the fisheye, that's all I think about whenever I see fisheyes now. Yeah, a lot of well, bands did the, that for the a while. popular Playboy one, Hey Baby. Did it too, uh, Green Day did it. A lot of people did it. Yeah. I think they still do it. There's probably a fisheye in WAP somewhere. <laughs> 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 the fisheye was in the WAP all along. Which, honestly... The sets they used in WAP would look great in a Terry Gilliam oh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Now I'm thinking of it like a Terry Gilliam's WAP. Oh, <laughs> uh, Terry Gilliam's WAP. My God, if Terry Gilliam had teamed with Cardi B and made WAP, that would have been the greatest thing in the world. I would I, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. Wait, who directed Cardi B's I video? I mean, that would be out of left field. <laughs> and I would be like, I'm definitely going to see what that was. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Terry Gilliam and his wet-ass pussy. Anyhow. Uh... <laughs> well, at the beginning of Tidelands, he did say that he figured out that his inner child was a little girl. That is... God, I haven't seen Tidelands in so long. <sighs> oh, Terry Gilliam. Yeah. You... You, Terry Gilliam, you. <laughs> I uh... still have hope that Terry Gilliam will embrace change and just come into the fold of the future i guess and i i have hope that maybe this right. maybe this was the journey through the fire with which a phoenix will rise or something like that yeah something like that let's move into quotes <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more scattershot than our normal episode but I, I just there's nothing here to talk about we had to talk about the movie as a movie not like as like a story that we could get invested in because that's no. what it fucking was um uh, so my quote is going to be from what I mentioned earlier, when uh, Stellan Skarsgård goes, keep up with the plot. And Adam Trevor goes, there's a plot? It, it's just, I feel like Terry Gilliam could have walked in front of the camera right there, shrugged, and then walked back behind the camera, and it, it would have felt totally fine. Oh, oh look, yeah. there's Terry uh, Gilliam. Why is he looking dead in the camera and shrugging, and then walking back to the camera? This fits. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> The camera should have panned right past him, too, as he's just chilling against the back wall. Yeah. You know. If... I had a different <sighs> quote that I, I'm going to keep as a backup just in case nobody else says it. Because it, it just got the only legit belly laugh out of me in the entire movie. Well, I'm... You already said your quote? I said mine, but I have a backup in case yeah. no, no one my, says the other one. Mine is me, 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 <laughs> Which is Don Quixote beating on Sancho slash Toby. And yeah. I'm like, ah. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie about Terry Gilliam trying to deal with Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam beating the shit out of Terry Gilliam. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, uh, there's a line, and 
I'm not, I don't remember where it was, but um, Don Quixote says the line, uh, you think explaining explains anything? And at that point, like the light bulb went off in my brain. I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this movie, am I? <laughs> <laughs> See, and yeah, I think it was, I think he, he was in the, was he in just, they were off somewhere and he was just dancing crazily as uh, Toby was trying to find food, I think. I think that's where that was, around there. Or maybe it was while they were walking. Fuck, I, I don't remember. I believe they were walking at that moment. Okay. But just the line just hit up, like, straight up slapped me. <laughs> I was <laughs> convinced watching something. Okay. while I was watching it that I'm like, if John's taking notes right now, this is his quote. And I was going with, uh, it's when they run into Angelica in the woods, and she walks over to Don Quixote and starts talking in the old-timey, like, proper English. Ah, Don Quixote! And starts talking to him. And just Adam Driver in the background. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> oh, uh, there was a moment that is a backup where he pushes the subtitles aside. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, fuck this. We're talking English now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that that was kind of interesting and funny. But took me like it was. it took me out because it was so out of left field. I just was not expecting that. I was expecting, I'm like, okay, now the movie's getting started. And then it never did anything that weird again. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we doing this? I understand you. You understand me. We don't need these. that was awesome i haven't seen somebody call out uh subtitles that well since austin powers 2 (laughs) oh man deep cuts yeah that movie's so fucking good (laughs) no one loves austin powers 2 the way they should i like austin powers 2 yeah i enjoy it it's my favorite out of the better soundtrack better soundtrack has heather graham it's all you need (laughs) um it's the mass effect 2 of uh austin power movies (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that made sense. <laughs> to make absolutely no sense at all. I, I just my brain was like, sure, that works, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Why make not? a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Double features. Uh this might be a little tough this week. I'm not sure what would even pair well with this. Ugh. A nap? No sorry, sorry, that's so mean. <laughs> I'll go with the Fisher King. Okay. Because it's another movie dealing with i mean it's another movie by terry gilliam with a character dealing with mental problems and viewing himself as a knight yeah no that works yeah and except it's a lot better <laughs> yeah my my gut instinct was gonna be brazil but i didn't want to do terry two terry gilliam movies and now that you've already done that now i definitely can't do it yeah um fuck it requiem for a dream oh god <laughs> oh boy okay do you want to just go make yourself feel like this movie has good parts to it that make you happy? And Wreck-Your-Own Dream has amazing parts that make you very sad. Yeah, that's just like <laughs> I purposely never watched that movie because of like no everyone just tells me they feel awful and some people talk about how they want to puke while watching that movie. That'd be a, a justifiable response. Yeah. I think these would be a great pairing. <laughs> oh god. Which, which one first? I'd probably oh, no, you, you lull them. You lull them into safety with uh, the man who killed Don Quixote, yeah. and then you just slap them upside the head with uh, that. See, I was going to go the other way just to be like, you know, like, uh, all right, okay. well, here's your horrible shower. And like, oh, look, Don Quixote's not that bad. Look at how happy everything can be. But no, I think John's got it right. You lull them to like, all right, okay, Don Quixote. That was a little, a little strange, but I mean, how bad could it be? Torture Mill Psyche. We get it. You want to see Torture Mill Psyche? Here you fucking go. There's a woman male psyche in that one too. Two, yeah. Yeah, you have Jennifer Connelly and the mother 
I don't remember who played the mother. How she didn't win an Academy Award for that movie, though, I will never understand. Because holy shit, she was so good. So good. So good. I'm still never going to watch that movie. You shouldn't. But, <laughs> but it's also really good and really not good. John, I'm just uh, buying you time. You got a double feature yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was. I just got distracted by the fact that Requiem for a Dream just good, but... <laughs> I ugh, I've never been more depressed than seeing that movie. I've seen that movie so many times. That was like one of those movies where I'm like, look at how tough I am. I could watch this a whole bunch. I'm 18. I I'm have cool. <laughs> yeah, I've succeeded in only seeing it twice, and I feel like I'm I, like it's good. I bet I can keep it at bay. But the film I was gonna go with is um, Donnie Darko, and kind of a um, similar. It's after this, where you watch the Don Quixote movie, and then you get you know fucking playing on jake gyllenhaal yeah got another movie that I, I think is made by a director who's not a big fan of the director i don't remember his name from <laughs> donnie darko but i'm pretty sure he just looks in a mirror and goes fuck you at some point <laughs> we will watch southland, southland tales yes it was supposed to be on for like a one of whose month was it um it's gonna be may oh yeah it's gonna be justin, justin timberlake, timberlake. Oh, timberlake. But we didn't know how yeah. much he was gonna be in the movie so we decided not to there's a mosquito in here. I'm trying to kill it. I'm not just clapping because I'm really excited. Uh, wait, we did everything, right? We did it. We did it. We, yeah. we survived. We killed the giant. We, oh my God, this one's tough. We, man who killed Don quixote mm. <laughs> <laughs> We went no, on an adventure. We definitely gilliamed it. Oh, we, we gilliamed it. <laughs> definitely wasn't a giant. Here's something I will say. I did end this episode appreciating the movie more than i did going into it because i'm like yeah, oh it's just a, it's just a mirror held up to terry gilliam's face and terry gilliam is going fuck you <laughs> <laughs> that should be the review on the box like on the back of the dvd have you ever wanted to see a director look at himself in the face and go you suck here you go <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week with my favorite movie ever. <laughs> I, I can't express how much I love, 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 love this film. So happy to rewatch it. Not well, an ounce of sarcasm anywhere in there. The Emperor's New Groove. I've only seen it yeah. once and don't remember it. I've turned it off. Yeah, no, I'm very curious after times. this month, after the month that we've had together, the three of us, what Emperor's New Groove will do to cap it off. I'm oh very God. curious. Contextually. I have to I have to imagine it's the best one on the table. It's going to be the most <laughs> tortured male psyche. Yeah. I mean, I was it really the, is. If it's it got is, David I, Spade. If you want tortured male psyche, we got David Spade coming. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, man. Oh, oh okay. man. I, I was not expecting that to be this month, like this month, to end on that and possibly be the better movie. I seriously wasn't. I It wasn't the plan. <laughs> it was not the plan. <laughs> okay. It thank you, everyone, plan. again for listening. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.